I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There was a couple of times I, I bent down to put the plate down on the fucking floor while I was sitting desperately watching this match whenever we had a goal kick and I looked up and Liverpool just had the ball. Yeah, that was yeah. so annoying. Honestly, that happened to me a few times as well. It's bent to the fucking ground and look back up at the wall and just, just Liverpool have the... We had a goal kick. What is going The commentators haven't even re- reacted to it. They're just so used to it. They're just watching yeah. this match. This is what happens. Aston Villa have the ball two passes later. Liverpool have it. Let's just get on with this game. Let's just keep commentating on the ball. <laughs> Tim Sherwood here. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. The origin of the word passion it comes from Latin patty or passio. Do you know what that word means in Latin? It won't surprise you to hear that I don't. Suffer. <laughs> the idea of passion, like it can get lost in people nowadays. It isn't just something you enjoy or something you want, it's something you're willing to suffer for, something you're willing to endure hardship to get and it might not feel like these players do that but Aston Villa fans definitely do that and that was a hardship today that was painful it was a hammering session let's let's be real the only way that could have looked worse is if we were wearing our soaking wet home kits <laughs> everything about it just just panicked too tight too rushed too timid and like we use that word too often for these games Villa are too timid when it comes to these matches. They're second guessing. They're paying too much respect to the opposition. And like, I'll give you one clear contrast this weekend, and it's our boy Evan Ferguson. Did you see his second goal during his hat trick performance against Newcastle for Brighton? His second goal, right? The ball gets rattled into him up top. He is the focal point. Takes a touch. It's a brilliant touch, and he's ready. He's ready for contact. And he's, he's, he's solid. The touch is good. 
but the Newcastle players have backed off because obviously Jason Tindall's coached them to say, you know, Brighton want to get boys in behind on, on, on the wing. So don't get drawn. <laughs> don't get drawn, Devin Ferguson. So Ferguson takes a touch and turns around and says, oh, okay, th- this is what we'll do. I'll just run forward with the ball and I'll place it into the corner from 25 yards out. And that was the difference. It was playing the game as it was happening in front of them. Villa players, all of them, everything the ball came, they were just poking it, trying to get it around the corner. Every bad thing that we see, and it's the one thing that Emery still hasn't been able to get out of Aston Villa, of everything he has done, and he has done unbelievably well so far, hasn't been able to shake this thing that's festering in the club when something's going wrong. Stop it from going even worse. Stop it from being a capitulation. And we, like it, it, it's like this performance wouldn't look out of place from a performance three years ago. Like that, that's that's what it's like, and it's that's twice in four games to start this season. Yeah, and and we have a season of end of weekend games hanging over us as well. And I'm a fairly cheery, optimistic sort of fella, Conan, as you know. <laughs> like at least today it didn't take too long to put out of fucking misery. And I and I love I love a lazy Sunday. But I'm not a professional footballer. Like it's 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 all right for me to go waddling around enjoying the sun. You know, a pint here, a pint there. Maybe nip into your friend's business anniversary party, have a slice of cake, a few cans, catch up with her parents, have a laugh about the fact that you lived with him for a month when you were a student, had no cash, had no real ambitions beyond what was happening on Friday night. And we fucking played like nobody on the pitch or on the fucking sideline had bothered thinking about what they were going to do after Friday night. Like we, we played like this was against Hibs on Thursday. Like, oh, that, that should work again. Liverpool scored after two minutes and we thought we could apply the same approach to the game against one of the best teams in Europe for the last five years as 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 what worked against a team so low, so pathetic that they hired Lee Johnson. Like how, how much how much of that first half did we spend? How much of our lives did we spend watching Martinez stand on the ball until he rolled at the Torres? Like everyone Everyone, including the fucking Liverpool players, which is the most depressing thing, we're just waiting for that pass to happen. Like you can't spend a full half trying to suck a team in. Like eventually, you have to blow out. It's, it's like it's like we were siphoning petrol and forgot to take the tube out of our fucking mouth, and we were just begging to be set alight. And any time we did break the first the first line, sure it was a waste of time. Like we had more heavy touches than Ronaldinho has had heavy nights. And like you said, how many mis- like we had more misplaced passes than John Terry had misplaced trust placed in them by his teammates. It was a fucking dreadful performance. <laughs> yeah, the sucking analogy there reminded me of the one in school. Do you remember the pens where you're trying to suck the ink up a little bit? But if you got <laughs> if you got that just just wrong and it's a very thin line, fine line. All over your mouth, ink all over your mouth, and that's not coming out for the rest of the day. I've seen all the <laughs> people do, <laughs> but like you're like you're describing it well. There, Steve on Twitter got in touch to say Villa with a fine showing of the ball is lava because that's what it's like. It's like the first thirty minutes, honestly, thirty minutes went by, and I registered one one thought of Villa on the ball in that game, and it was Douglas Ruiz sort of carrying it from the center out to the right a little bit, skip past the tackle, and then played a lovely ball over the top to Diaby. That was like that's all I remember from our thirty minutes work. Didn't even get a shot from it. I don't even know if we got a shot really in the first forty minutes. But it was ah, it was it was bad. It was it was really bad. And and the worst about it all, and we've seen this far too often. But you know, the the game's over. The game's over with half an hour to go. And honestly, I I only think that's Villa that that happens with. <laughs> there should be like why why don't we just 
dude, that, that if you get three ahead of Villa, you win the game. <laughs> every, everybody seems happier with that. Like Too often, Villa matches, the last 30 minutes of them are a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, the worst thing about that game, it was it was how insipid it was. Like You can speak about the last 30 minutes of the game just being a waste of time, but from the off, you could tell like it just wasn't there. Like Liverpool ed us up. They knew exactly what they wanted to do. It's like they had seen Villa play before and then knew exactly what they were going <laughs> to counter against that. It was... And and the players had no response to it. It was like it was like the Saudi Arabia game. Like we were let down by the manager, and the players had no response to it. Whenever they were whenever they were abandoned, it was it was insipid from the sideline and all the way through the pitch as well. Well, let's go all the way through this match. It starts one nil. Pau Torres. Uh, I mean, you're ever, ever going to jump into a what the fuck moment straight away? Don't worry, there's plenty. So we're not going to step on that category too much, but. Um, I mean, I mean, he's just giving away a corner that he doesn't need to, and it's also a week's wage is fine as well as we well know by this stage. <laughs> and do you know what the annoying thing about this is? I couldn't get the fucking stream working. Well, I thought it was a stream, so I was trying all these different, um, I'm going to say different websites, but I can't say that on broadcast. Uh, <laughs> try, trying all these different methods to get the game up, and I realized it was my internet, so I was, I was getting really pissed off. I missed the first two minutes. Tuned in, I tuned in not even as the corner has been set up, as the corner was being kicked, and I was like, Oh, this would just be my look now if they, if they scored from this. And bang, goal, Sabasai's <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so banged it in. It's, it's, it's a lovely goal, let's be honest, it's a lovely finish. But I mean, what, what, what is it with leaving players free outside the box? How, how, how many do you need in the box? I, like, I, I don't want to get into this. You know, the zonal marking v man marking proper football man debate, but you don't need that many players in the box. Like it, it does seem to me that if there's three or four Liverpool players in the box, I could do without 11 Aston Villa players in there. And like just letting a shot come in from what was the inside the box by the time it, by the time he had struck it, by the time he followed through anyway. I mean, like, that, that wouldn't happen in any other scenario other than a corner. It would be treated as a disaster in any other scenario. Somebody having a shot. From, from that far out, but it seems to be normally for corners, or, or certainly Aston Villa corners. Yeah, we certainly don't need that many people in the box, because they're doing fuck all when they're in there. Yeah. And, and they, 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 but the, the corner concession, I mean, like, how Torres has a modicum of pressure put on him by Darwin Nunes, and he fucking folded faster than a ping pong table with Gabby Agbonlahor leaning on it. I mean... <laughs> It was, it was diabolical. Sort your fucking feet out, mate, and kick the ball. He fall on your arse for Get a grip. And then Matt, Matt Cash gets up for the header and forgets to head it. Like, he forgets to head the ball. It was, it was like he thought he was in a Sex Pistols gig. Fucking move your neck muscles, pal. What are you doing? And Carlos and Kamara are so intent on getting their hands behind their back, they forget to get out to the fucking ball. And there's a big debate at halftime about Salah. Was he impacting the keeper's ability to see the ball? Yes, he was. Would it have gone on anyway? Yes. Yeah. But what is the fucking rule? What is the rule for this type of goal? Like that needs to be clarified. Dermot Gallagher was coming on and acting like he acting like he knew what it was. He didn't really. As soon as Peter Schmeichel started questioning him, he had nothing. He had nothing to give him back, which isn't a surprise either, though. <laughs> well, all he was able to give him back was the English accent that he doesn't have. But he <laughs> Honestly, Derek Gallagher seems to be a nice fella by all accounts, and people seem to like him, and he seems to be a good rings end Dublin lad. But that, that is pathetic. It's actually depressing. 
I, I actually feel a bit grim when I see him just putting on an English accent because he thinks he has to be on TV. But like the most convincing thing about Dermot Gallagher is this fucking fake English accent, Connor. <laughs> but, but just for the record, I like I, I know what you're asking what the rule is, but I don't like that rule. I, I, ball's going into the side of the net. There's nobody stopping that. I feel, I feel like there needs to be a bit more, again, I know I'm falling into that trap, common sense approach, and I know that doesn't work with referees. And I know it's difficult because... The Man City goal the day before, like I thought that was way more in line with what the rules supposed to be. I thought that was way more impacting the goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't like to see that goal rolled out. And like, well, if Holly Watkins is, or wasn't offside last week, then this definitely wasn't offside. Yeah, but like, so Holly Watkins wasn't offside last week, neither was Sobelsai this week. John McGinn's one was, you know, two years ago. What is the rule? Like, what, what, what. How how is this being judged? It can't just be subjective and left up to the referee on the day. There has to be something a bit clear about a goal about a goal getting smashed into your net. I mean, it it, it can't just be left up to a ref deciding. Oh, was that was that a tough tackle? Was that a heavy tackle? What's the atmosphere of the game like here? It's not the same thing as that. But there, ha- there has to be a clear rule of Salah standing in front of the goalkeeper is either offside or he's not. And like I said last week, Ollie Watkins was definitely offside. The ball went under his legs. Whatever it went down. But why is it a rule? Like, I don't really, like, you know, why, why not? I think that's a good element to it. It cleans it up as well. It's just, you know, if, if you don't touch the ball, then great, well done. Like, that's, you have, you have stayed out of the way of, of being punished for being offside. It's almost a nice element to it if you can jump over that ball. Because the box is crowded anyway. There's going to be enough people in the keeper's eye line. And it probably does take away the subjectivity of it. Yeah, but where does that end then as well? If Salah's six yards further back and he's right in front of Arnes, I don't think anybody would be claiming it wasn't offside. Mm-hmm. Conversation for a different day, the second goal. We were worried about this going into it, and it all unfolded in front of us. Trent Alexander-Arnold chipping a ball for Luca Dean to chase with Mo Salah. <laughs> it's never going to end well. doesn't end well. Salah, it's a nice ball from Trent. It's, it's a nice ball from Salah inside to just poke it into Nunes. Rattles the post, comes back off cash. I don't even know what they were checking here when they went to the VAR. Like, I have no idea what they were. They seemed to be looking at, at Matt Cash. Or like, I'm not I'm not sure what it was they were checking, but yeah, I don't know. This was, this was just shit, really. The, the refs were so daft, I wouldn't be surprised if they were checking Matt Cash was offside or not. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. <laughs> but like they said they were checking the goals. Like, oh, they're obviously going to check here if Salah's onside from the pass over the top. <laughs> but a ball over the top, impossible to defend that. Like, you know, how could experienced professional footballers, experienced centre-halves, be expected to deal with a ball lofted over the top? I mean, it's a good pass, you're right, but it's just a little dink ball over the top. Mm. Fuck me. Couldn't possibly have expected Liverpool to target our high line. How were we to know that they would have identified Salah and Nunes versus Torres and Dean as a possible fucking avenue to explore? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a really good ball from Salah, like you're saying. It's a really good finish from Nunes. Gets unlucky. I mean, that post came out of absolutely nowhere. But <laughs> M- Matty was following up to prevent the ball from harmlessly rolling out the right-back slot as well. I mean, maybe he was worried that, that he wasn't there anymore. So rather than get caught out of position and have that pointed out to him in the fucking tapes tomorrow, he's just like this slotted on himself. Jesus Christ, what a waste of a fucking... I mean, like, the ball just rolls to Trent Alexander in the middle of the pitch and we can see the goal from it. Pathetic. <laughs> Third goal. It's a corner. Imagine that. <laughs> Is there any accountability for how many points we're we're losing from set pieces? 
It doesn't seem to be. I know I'm probably a broken record at this stage. We seem to be spending all our time in creating a different corner routine for every single corner. Did we even get a corner today? I think we did get a couple. But Jesus, like, focus a bit on defending every once in a while. Anyway, this is... Yeah, this, this is just shit. It's, it's just... It's it's thrown in. It's headed on by Nunes. It's, it's basically an Aston Villa corner. You'd think we'd be a bit more adept at defending it. <laughs> I mean, I've I've talked about this for a while. McPhee needs to go. Like, like, have we ever headed the ball out of the box from a set piece? <laughs> the, ge- genuinely, like, like that was just a clipped ball into the front post, flicked on goal. Like yes, yes, Kamara should be a bit tighter. Cash should be a bit more alert. But you, you wouldn't need to be fucking Herman Rorschach to see a pattern here. Like, we're a fucking mess. Two goals today from nothing. Like, Liverpool could have feasted today as well. Matty had a missed a sitter completely unmarked inside the six-yard box. Like, there's two Liverpool players at the age of our six-yard box from a, from a fucking free kick that was yeah. 20 yards out on the wing. Like, it, that was so stark, but... That, that looked really bad, but that's Aston Villa. That's why Aston Villa defend set pieces. They don't. They don't defend them. It's yeah. ridiculous. This is what I mean. Like when I, when I say is there any accountability? Like, like the, I I actually empathise now with Stephen Gerrard. Remember he, he had a rant about Austin McPhee because they were think... competing from set pieces. And look, the context there was Stephen Gerrard was in a really bad job anyway. But when you actually have somebody largely doing a really good job. And then this is letting them like you know, Villa were completely outplayed today, but two of the three goals are from corners and, and you know yeah. corners that should be defendable. But like we, we we can all sit here and and slag off Austin McPhee. God knows we've done it enough times. But Unai Emery and Stephen Gerrard are the people who are in charge of Aston Villa. Yeah. They're the people who are actually accountable. Like they, they, there was no need to give Austin McPhee a contract extension just because he convinced Matt Cash he can throw a fucking ball. Like, there's no reason for this lad to be there. We, 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 Burma for the only team that were worse than us at defending set pieces last year. We finished mid-table on attacking set pieces. I don't see what the benefit of this lad is. We're going to finish towards the bottom again in defending set pieces. We are dreadful at it. And we finished. I think we actually finished the same as Burma from goals conceded from set pieces last year. But how many times, like where every Aston Villa fan is watching Aston Villa matches with their fucking hands in front of their eyes when a corner is given. It's ridiculous. We don't want the ball. goes flashing across our box every time. It's mm. ridiculous. It really is. And look, we had a bit of crack there. Do you, do you know what those four games were like? Everton, Hibernian, Burnley, Hibernian. Sandwiched in between Saudi Arabia. And Liverpool, it was like El Ghazi, a little microcosm of El Ghazi, you know, <laughs> just flashing moments of brilliance for us, just, just teasing us with being the best player or the best team in this case in the world. And then you just get smacked back down to reality in the most vicious way possible. Two away, two away games against two teams that like, genuinely I thought like we're going to be challenging for top six, top four this year. Bang, 5 1, bang, 3 0. See later, 8 1 aggregate. Like, like, tell me that's not El Ghazi in a team form. Well, I'll tell you it isn't because El Ghazi's never put four games together. But, like, you know, <laughs> but like, the really annoying thing with this, and I know Saudi Arabia have had a really, a really difficult uh, run, but they've only beaten us and they fucking spanked us. <laughs> then they lost fairly convincingly to Man City. Probably got a bit unlucky against Liverpool and they were fucking spanked by Brighton as well. It's not like they're flying themselves, except for when they're playing us, apparently. Yeah. 
and you know, like Liverpool are going well. They have ten points. They drew with Chelsea away, which you know, <laughs> as the weeks go on, is that a great result? Uh, <laughs> they beat Newcastle away. They, they've hammered Aston Villa. They, they took care of Bournemouth. So it's going well for them. But Jesus, I, I don't know where we're sitting. International break has come at the right time. I know it's not nice, and it, it seems like we go into these international breaks often with terrible results. I have to sit and stew on it for two weeks, but at least in this case. At least in this case, it's just a reprieve. <laughs> Why am I feeling like this? It's just, it's four, just days, four days into the season, four games into the season. Yeah, it's just a reprieve now we've got, and we have to watch fucking Ireland play away to France and then home to Netherlands. <laughs> what a what a fucking relief that is! <laughs> Do you know what the saddest thing about that is? One more competitive game, and Evan Ferguson is confirmed. <laughs> the Irish man is confirmed Irish international that's that's sad that's where we're at that's what we're looking forward to now anyway we'll leave it there and we'll come back with believe it or not WhatsApp winches <laughs> loads loads of fines I mean Emmy Martin has sliced one out of play straight straight after it was 1-0 and this, this seems like such a small thing now but just trying to keep the ball trying to get a bit of bit of calmness and composure back into the team and just just hooks it out of play for a throw in and Liverpool are up for it they've just scored a goal they can smell blood that doesn't help and I'll tell you what look at Dean is getting a fine and there's another one that I want to come back to as well for him but cross into the keeper's hands I know the bar used to be if you're crossing it and it goes out for a goal kick but somebody crossing the keeper's hand, especially if you're going to cross as often as he does, he gets enough <laughs> practice. Like he crosses every time he gets the ball. And I don't know if I have that much of a problem with it because it's obviously what he's best at. But if you're going to do that, do not ever cross the ball into the keeper's hand. And from how deep he crosses it as well, he's basically playing a long ball forward into the keeper's hands. That's exactly what it was like. It was a long ball forward to one isolated centre forward. That was that was the worst thing about that. It's not like he was at the byline and trying to cut it back desperately and the keeper then has the angle advantage. You can just step out and catch the ball. He just floated the ball into Allison's hands while Ollie Watkins was behind two centre halves. An absolute waste of time. Yeah. John McGinn, I, I don't know if you remember this. He was down the left-hand side, second half, and... Look at Dean's error to his left. And he's waiting for the tackle. He's waiting for the contact. And as the contact comes, he pokes the ball out for a throw in himself. Pokes it out? Yeah. He fucking hammered it out? It was absolutely ridiculous. It was like he thought he was in the corner flag and he was trying to waste a bit of time because we were fucking doing all up. He just smashed it out of play. I'm sure somebody in the in the Anfield crowd is probably suing Aston Villa based on it. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, like using the corner trying to waste time when he's facing the wrong way because you're supposed to smash it off the player's legs to win the ball back. <laughs> he just smashed it. it. was It was so strange, especially when the pass was so clearly on too. I was actually annoyed initially. Why, why are you taking your time with it? Hurry up, move the ball. But that just summed up the performance. Uh, look at Dean again. I mean, like the, the amount of time we spent 3-0 down watching Luca Dean deliberate over a throw-in. <laughs> Get the ball into play, man, for God's sake. I don't care if we lose it. Just get going. Yeah, I mean, you say you don't care if we lose it, and that, that's probably just because you didn't never saw us have the ball today. The amount, like, there was a couple of times I, I bent down to put the plate down on the fucking floor while I was sitting desperately watching this match whenever we had a goal kick, and I looked up and Liverpool just had the ball. Yeah, that was yeah. so, and honestly, that happened to me a few times as well. 
Celtic's bent to the fucking ground and look back up at the wall and just, just Liverpool have the we had a goal kick. What is going on? The commentators haven't even re- reacted to it. They're just so used to it. They're just watching yeah. this match. This is what happens. Aston Villa have the ball two passes later. Liverpool have it. Let's just get on with this game. Let's just keep commentating on the ball. <laughs> and then the, the the real hero of the fining system this week has to be John Duran. Despite like you know fines per minutes played is incredible from him. <laughs> not, not quite, not quite John McGinn shots, but but basically in terms of their intention, they might as well be. Like the first one was after. After after Zaniolo had some nice bit of play and sets him away down the left, and Jesus, like that was pathetic. That 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 the shot was pathetic anyway, and just the decision to do it so far out of the corner of the box just trickles it wide, and he tries it again. But his first touch isn't good enough. Kamara plays him a nice ball, almost in behind. His first touch ball gets away from him, and he has people coming into the box. And he just pile drives another one, slices it wide. And on top of all that, he concedes an unnecessary foul. You know, I hate that one. When the defender's facing the wrong way, Joe Gomez is on the sideline and he just barges him over when we're 3-0 down. Bars him over and knees him on the back as well when he's getting up, risking getting himself, you know, some sort of card there. He did really well to stare him down. That was that was encouraging to see. All, that was probably the best bit of performance that any Aston Villa player had today was... John Duran staring down Joe Gomez. That's so grim, I'm nearly going to cry. Like the second one, you're right, the touch is far too heavy. And we have three players in the box for the first time that game as well. Just have a bit of composure there, John. But the first one, I mean, like that was as bad an attempt as his man made at spelling his first name. It was fucking <laughs> absolutely dying. But you can't be shooting from there, John. What the fuck are you playing at? Yeah. All right, the first WhatsApp page. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody bother wearing studs today, no? <laughs> I actually thought this was a bigger problem for the Liverpool players because they were they were turning so quickly and just piling towards us that they it was almost like they was weren't ready for it. They didn't they didn't expect us to be quite so bad that whenever they won the ball back, they're like, oh Jesus, and then just slipping on their fucking faces nonstop. <laughs> Second WhatsApp winch. Where is Mings? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, fair enough, he's probably injured, so he probably can't play. Where is he? <laughs> I, I want to see him. I want to see him around. Like, he makes me feel good. I know he makes the players feel good. I know he makes the fans feel good. Where is he? Remember, a whole big deal was made out of James Milner when was injured, he wasn't picked in the squad, and he still travels with the team. I remember thinking, that is such a weird news story. Why wouldn't players travel with the team anyway they should be made to do that where is Mings I want to see him like I don't want, I don't want players to be injured and just disappear for a year he promised me he was going to give everything off the pitch I'm sure he is but no, I, want to, <laughs> I want to see him in and around I want like we, we need a new John Terry no sorry that that's that's terrible but we, we need Tyrone Mings we need Tyrone Mings influence in the, in the change yeah. Like, Pau Torres was nervous enough. I don't think the last thing he needed to look up and see a better centre-half than him sitting in the crowd. <laughs> Third one, a serious one too. Why is Luca Dean a left-back? <laughs> where, how, did that, how did that come about? Where, where did that... Who, along the way in his football career, said to him, you're a defender. Like, he's obviously got really good qualities. He's obviously got a great left foot. He can obviously get up and down the, the left wing. 
what, how did he end up being left back? He's, he's not left back at times today. And I know he tried to be hard out, but he looked like Matt Target sometimes trying to defend him. <laughs> and that is the worst possible thing I can say about him. <laughs> but like, you, you might as well play David Beckham at left back or at right back. You know, it's it's exactly the same thing. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. Like it's not. It's not benefiting anybody. He gets he gets free the odd time to whip a crossing, but sure today that was an absolute waste of time because it was just Ollie Watkins looking forlorn and tired in the box when the ball was getting floated on. Yeah, he's a victim of the change in football. You know, there's nobody really plays four four two anymore. Although we bloody do sometimes, <laughs> but you know, probably four three three just sort of exploded when he was exploding onto the scene and. You know, like it would it would have been perfect just to play as an old fashioned winger, just just like you remember Gareth Barry used to be able to play left wing and he was really good there as well. He would never play there now, but yeah, look at Dean seems they have to just come on to the ball late. But but also, you know, the hazard with doing that is you have to defend sometimes. <laughs> I just don't think he's that good at it. Like, oh, put my hands up. I don't think he's that good at it. <laughs> yeah, like look at Dean if he was if he was. 10 years older, he could be the left-sided version of David Bentley. Just an absolute, <laughs> like, you know, a, lo- a lovely strike yeah. of the ball. And that's it. Yeah. The last one, and you know I don't say this lightly. How many times is Watkins going to stand the ball up and just have it taken off him? <laughs> just to stop the ball, stand over it, and someone just takes it off him, or he just falls into someone. Jeez, that was really frustrating today. He didn't have a good game anyway, but so often he just it was like he was trying to change directions but not quite doing it just sort of stopping and then somebody just said oh cheers i'll take that off you away we go but this was the thing about the performance in its entirety like everybody was so deliberative there was no cohesion within the team then either so once you have individuals who are thinking too much on the ball and can't see the pass and you have teammates not moving for them if you if you don't have any pattern in the play that's working that anybody can just you know rely on you can just mechanically go through it this passes on i can just play that all the time then you're fucked and nolly Watkins looked absolutely lost up there and even diaby did as well diaby played about four or five passes absolutely woefully to nobody where he was just kind of expecting the fullback to be there expecting Watkins to come short expecting Watkins to go long and misplacing the pass constantly the, the team was an absolute shambles today both in the setup and individually, it was terrible. <laughs> I was going to say I'm starting to feel better though, getting all this out, and just realise the last two adjectives you used were shambles and terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and don't, don't think I'm feeling too much better. But we will take a quick break. We're going to come back with some tactics talk, and we've obviously got awards to go through as well. So we'll see you after this. And he was given out about the instinct to assume that they're guilty. That's because we can see the team that you're fielding. That's, that's because we can see that a club with the fans who can just about create the same level of atmosphere as Denmark versus Tunisia in Qatar, a club like that shouldn't be able to spend £400 million on defenders in three years. Pep Guardiola knows that his legacy is in question here. 
Pep Guardiola is so terrified of people on Twitter to call him Fraudiola. And like, listen, some of those people have a point. I mean, in his last season at Barcelona, he had Messi running around scoring 73 goals. But Pep led them to second place, nine points behind fucking Igoiger Mourinho's Real Madrid. And were knocked out of the Champions League by Roberto Di Matteo's Chelsea. His first year at treble winners, Baron, they were beaten 5 0 by Real Madrid in the Champions League. He didn't even win the double in his second season. Oh, but he played Philip Lam out of position. You know who didn't play Philip Lam in midfield? Treble winner, you pinkers. Do you know who had to play Philippe Coutinho in midfield? Treble winner, Hansi Flick. Roberto Di Matteo's Chelsea. Bayern Munich have won the last 10 titles. It doesn't matter who the manager is. Niko Kovac won the double in his only full season. He was hounded out by November the following year. Do you know who he's managing now? Of course you don't! don't. He's just some manager. Any manager who took over and won the double. It's not a league, it's a fucking procession. Bayern Munich literally take the best player from the second best team. From the second best team in the same league, it's insane. They signed Goetze in Pep's first year. Then Lewandowski the following year. Then they left him alone for a year and then they signed Mats Hummels. <laughs> Can you imagine if City signed Salah in 2018 and then Manny and then the following year signed Van Dyke? <laughs> the Bundesliga is a fucking joke. And, and regardless of how good a coach Guardiola is, no matter how well he's taken Cruyff's template and superimposed better players onto it, anyone, anyone could do what he did at Bayern. That's demonstrated by the fact that everybody has. Anyone could do what he did at Bayern. Everybody has. Okay, before we get going into the awards, quick announcement. Obviously, there's no Villa games now anyway for two weeks, but there will be no podcast for two weeks as well because I'm getting married and I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> you're, it's like I you're... practiced that, isn't it? Like, just, just say that and, and, and don't don't add any qualifications or ifs, buts, and maybes. Just say it with a full stop. People yeah. will buy it. It sounds like you practice it all right. Hopefully, you haven't practiced it too much. It isn't part of your wedding speech. <laughs> there's no game for two weeks. I'm getting married, and there's not going to be any podcast. <laughs> Villa are playing Crystal Palace on Saturday, the 16th of September, but we'll be back that weekend at some stage, either the Saturday or the Sunday. Give me a break, all right? I'll be back from your honeymoon that weekend. We'll figure out when we can slot and watching the Villa game and then and then doing a podcast for it. But look, we'll see you then in two weeks' time. Um, maybe wish me the best along the way as well. I don't know why I'm feeling defensive here. Nobody's reacting to me right now, but I'm sort of second-guessing it. Utterly, utterly bizarre. I mean, all you'd have to do is just continue recording this actual podcast <laughs> like you do every week and then just turn off your mentions for the two weeks when you're reportedly on your honeymoon. <laughs> Yeah, let's start with the Ronnie Rosenthal award. Just like my announcement there, I got so close to hitting the target and I balls the <laughs> <all up. laughs>
the first nomination and I mentioned it there it was I mentioned like the one passage of play that I remember from the first half we had a nice ball from Douglas Louise over the top to Diaby I just banged that with your right foot no like he's played it across I don't think Watkins was ever really on ever sitting up for him just just we've seen him volley one off the inside inside the post of his right foot we've seen him score a cracker of his right foot just bang that one too uh, but like this is all part of the the team cohesion I was talking about. Watkins should be coming across the defender. Why is he running to the back post? I mean, Diaby's on his weaker foot. If the player's on his weaker foot, it's less likely he's able to play it across the box. And especially because you're playing against a really top class opposition here and the best goalkeeper in the world, M- make it easier for him. Like Watkins should be coming tight there to get that ball off the Abbey. But also the two of them should have a bit better of an understanding about what actually is going to happen there. Yeah. You mentioned the the Matip header wide from the Trent free. That that takes some beating, to be honest. Completely free. Oh, bad header. He didn't even hit the target in the end. It was it was awful. Um, and then oh Jesus, like I don't know how we conspired to mess this one up. And McGinn plays. He, he sort of nicks it away, and it's it's Diaby versus Gomez, and Gomez falls over, <laughs> and then Diaby should shoot really. I thought he just teed it up for McGinn coming on the left, and it's a terrible shot from McGinn. But I, I don't think McGinn was in any better position than Diaby's. But Diaby sort of has the angle. He's, I don't know, he just has the better left foot. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, like, and what is the point in Joe Gomez being fast if he can't stay upright? That was fucking <laughs> mental. Like, he burned the Abbey, and that's no fucking mean feat, but stand up straight, Joe. It was like he couldn't believe he got there first and then just fell over. And the Abbey does okay to carry the ball, but I think, like, not only has he got a better left foot than John McGinn, I think Trent goes a little bit early. He reads the pass. He knows what the Abbey's going to do. Yeah. I want the Abbey to then shoot. I want him to see the Trent's body weight has gone to his right. Shoot from there. Use the defender even as well. Even if Trent hasn't gone early, I still want the Abbey shooting. I want him to use the defender as some sort of cover because the Abbey with Trent Alexander-Arnold in front of him at the edge of the box in the middle of the goals is a better chance than pushing it out wide to John McGinn to have a spank from there because all John McGinn's ever going to do from there is put his laces through it. Did you see Evan Ferguson's second goal for Brighton against Newcastle? <laughs> well, they haven't looked it up at this fucking stage. <laughs> just caresses it in from so far out. Diaby didn't even need to do it from that far out, but ah, uh, just just whip that in. Come on, let that bounce into the bottom corner. Bailey and Watkins, Jesus fucking Christ! Look, look at look at Dean plays his ball, and this is bars and stuff, isn't it? Just yeah. Bailey sort of tries to hit it, but he also doesn't. He's looking at Watkins and just hits off Watkins. Oh my god! Like this is. Finish this game, like we're we're only looking awful. Here. <laughs> Look, we we've all had a laugh at Bailey missing the ball as it rolled across him to, you know, six or twelve yards out in the opposition box. But it's a bit overdone at this stage, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like I, I've seen it too many times. You know that Dell boy falling through the bar. Like that was hilarious the first ten times I saw it. Like after that, you're just kind of laughing out of almost out of familiarity. Like oh, remember that? What a joke that was. Well done, lads. But but the key is to keep it fresh. Like the, do you remember Monty Python with a dead parrot sketch? You know what it goes on for ages and ages and the argument about wanting the money back for the dead parrot, and then during the live show, the pet store owner just says, "Yeah, here you go." Like you know something new. 
And I and I think Bailey is like a modern day pain in her cleese. Like he, he pretended he was gonna give us the old classic left-footed air shot there, but then he completely inverts it and misses it with both feet. He swung his fucking left and he's right at it and didn't connect with a ball. <laughs> that must be where that joke comes from. It was one of my favorite jokes back in the day. It was somebody wanted a ping pong table for their birthday. And but if you want to have a bit of fun, maybe it was maybe it's more fun when you're a child. But if you want to waste someone's time, you basically just go through all your birth years. So this child, second birthday, wanted a ping pong table, didn't get it. Third birthday, wanted a ping pong table, and you can obviously, you know, you can, you can embellish the story. The fourth birthday, he came in and he said, "All I want is just add a bit of dialogue, do whatever you want." And basically, go to twenty eight, thirty three, whatever you want, and just. At that birthday, they got a ping pong table. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else will laugh, but you will get the enjoyment out of it. And for me, that is the best type of joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next nomination. Oh, this I, I said McGinn. It was the McGinn shot the last time. It wasn't McGinn that set Diaby away through Joe Gomez, but it was McGinn who won the tackle. The same. It was a good tackle, and then Watkins and Diaby are sort of linking up. Watkins has been a bit unselfish there. Did the Abbey shot this one? He curls around the far post. I'm saying I want them to do that shot instead of teeing up John McGinn. But that shot was a bit annoying because immediately you could tell it was going wide. The mm. commentator sort of overdone that a wee bit for me. Ah, yeah, definitely. The, the angle wasn't there. The defender is in the way. And it's almost like Diaby was just concerned about getting it around the defender because he, he must know when that ball comes off his foot. If it's on target, it's hitting the defender. Didn't seem to care about that. And he reacted really late himself to seeing it going wide as well. It's like, come on, Musa. You're not yeah. kidding anybody here. The Matt Cash header. It wasn't just as bad as, as Joel Matip's, but it was bad. And it's from another look at Dean Cross. You know, we, we criticise this man, but he does deliver the crosses, in fairness. <laughs> yeah, it's a great cross. I think it's a good header from Matt Cash. I mean, it's a fullback arriving at the back post. I think Watkins is directly in front of him as well. It's, it's, a, it's a fine header. It's a very good save. Not that he got there or anything, but it's it's the... It's the movement of his wrists when the ball is coming towards him to flick it up and around the post. It's just, that's because he's flying back and he ends up in the back of his own net and he's doing that. So it's not easy to then also generate the power to get the ball out and around the post. It's a very good save. Yeah. The John McGinn header was a bit pathetic, wasn't it? And annoying because Leon Bailey went on his right foot, crossed it across. <laughs> <laughs> John McGinn just doesn't get it. Well, I forgot how bad he was of his head, but I didn't need any more reminding after seeing it just hit off his head. At least, at least it hit his head this time and not the arch of his back or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not a good header. What, what can you say? What, what more can we say about John McGinn failing to head the ball? I mean, it's weird because he does seem to put his whole body into it, and I think that might be the problem. Like he's almost fallen over as he's connecting with it. How has it come off his body so weakly? Because John McGinn weighs a lot more than his height would suggest, <laughs> I'd say. Yeah, well, like instead of having the neck muscles like Tyrone Mings, he's got all the muscles in his glutes, so he, he maybe needs to stop using his whole body and just start practicing getting the neck behind it. But another, like, see, I think Liverpool, this is the thing. Often you'll see a narrative being spun, then we miss chances. You miss chances in every game. Like we go through the Rossenthal Award every game. You you miss chances, and that's what happens. And both teams miss chances, and you know people will sort of spin it to say it wasn't as bad 
as it was made out to be. Like, look at United trying that today. <laughs> United basically had two attacks, and I know they got an offside goal ruled out late on. That was it. Like, you know, Gary Neville was trying to tell us that it was a perfect away performance. It was, wasn't. They were just standing back, being outplayed, passing the ball around the back when they could, and then <laughs> trying to hit them on the break twice, and that was it. But... Liverpool had more chances than Aston Villa, or definitely had better chances than Aston Villa to increase their lead. And the Darwin Nunes header at the back post, Mo Salah, break, ball over the top, and Mo Salah plays it across. And Nunes is going at it with his foot and then decides to head it last second. It's so strange. If he had to just decide it one or the other from the off, he would have scored. Yeah, it's two of the most graphically bad attempts at heading the balls I've ever seen. And you've already done it, but I don't say this lightly at all. Luca Dean looked like Matt Target with his attempt to head around as the ball was going over the top. He fell yeah. on his face. He fell on his face, and then he lay there looking as the ball went through to, Matt, to Mo Salah. It was pathetic. And Darwin Nunes, like Darwin Nunes nearly fucking over... He nearly headed that ball into the net and then overhead kicked it off the line himself. It was fucking <laughs> mental. <laughs> what's the winner here I think it's Matip right or maybe the Nunes one like, I think Liverpool are probably ahead here and but like so you, you, people like, yeah, people might talk about us missing chances and the biggest chance we missed was whenever Leon Bailey missed the ball twice with his feet there wasn't really any other big chance I mean the Matt Cash one if it goes in it's a good goal if it doesn't it's a good save not a big deal to miss a header at the back post but Liverpool also had Nunes hitting the crossbar Conza Conza standing on the halfway line with his arm in the air when the ball is still in fucking play I mean he does well to get back Nunes does even better then with a finish it's great it's unlucky and then Matt Cash does really well to defend it on the line and clear it this time and Salah was one-on-one as well Salah was one-on-one and he wasn't the fucking best shot I've ever seen but he's one-on-one later on in the game as well and he just didn't shoot (laughs) <laughs> he, t- he turned back inside. It was bizarre, exactly what Mo Salah wants. He had the ball on his left foot in line with a near post, and he just cut back inside and tried to turn around inside somebody else. Liverpool had way more clear chances than Aston Villa did. Not that I need to convince anybody who's listening to this podcast of that, but don't yeah. be falling into the narrative that we had our chances. Everybody has chances in a game of football. Yeah. So, Joe Matip? Big time, yeah. <laughs> the Peter Eichelman, what the fuck award? Dougie tried like a pirouette as he was receiving the ball 20 yards out. Like that's the old Douglas Louise habit. Pirouetted and, and didn't take the ball with him. And Liverpool again came streaming through. This is the sort of thing you're talking about. We've got a goal kick. We're trying to work it out short. Suddenly Liverpool are passing around the edge of our box again. <laughs> and stuff like that wasn't helping. There was a stage in the first half. It's just like, can, can somebody just get on the ball and pass? I thought we have a good midfield. Like, these midfielders should be able to compete. Get on the ball and... And Pau Torres, like I'm talking about Ollie Walken, standing the ball up. My centre half is running out, stops the ball, stands on the ball, stops it, runs over the ball as if he's like leaving it off for someone. He was leaving it off for Mo Salah to go into the box. And <laughs> stopped it there, like a free kick routine. There you go, I'll, I'll stop him. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, running over the ball and back healing it for Salah. It was mental. It was like he was trying to double drag back but forgot the drag bit. It was fucking so <laughs> stupid. And then all of a sudden, the most dangerous player in the league is just bearing down, cutting in on his left foot. I think it was Conza that got across and defended it quite well and poked it away. But fucking hell, pal, what are you playing at? Yeah. The, there's two nominations for Luca Dean. He sold himself on Sabasly. I mean, 
fair enough, it's going to be tough marking Mo Salah, but he shouldn't like he shouldn't be taking himself out of the game at the age of the, the, the basically inside the corner of the box, the side of the box. The centre midfielder is just skipping by him, and he's planting himself, and and he's out of the game. And now our, our centre halves have to move across. Sabasai pulls it back to the free man now because our centre halves have moved across, and Luis Diaz doesn't get a good contact. Mo Salah gets a shot. Like that, that should be a goal, really, and it's all because fucking Luca Dean completely takes himself out of, out of the match because a centre midfielder runs by him. Yeah, like Luca like Dean turned thirty in the summer, so he's been playing football for at least twenty five years. I mean, if he hasn't, as he if he can't judge how quickly he can get to the ball, how quickly the opposition player can get to the ball at this stage of his career, then he's at fucking nothing. Yeah, but I like you talked about the Nunes chance. That's Superman dive where he's trying to get that ball over the top. Like first, the ball's going over the top to Salah, and he, he dives and plants himself, plants himself face first into the ground. I don't like that. I I don't even think that was an attempt to get the ball. That that's just taking himself out of the match. It's like oh god, to chase this boy again. What if I fall over? Like what what what, what if I make a hero <laughs> attempt to get it? I know I'm not going to get it. But at least, at least I don't have to chase him anymore. At least I don't have to get roasted by him. That's just I, I don't think that's honest as a defender. Just, just chase him back. Like if, it, if you can't keep up with him, that's not your fault. Everybody knows the type of player you are. Everybody knows how fast you can run. It's up to the manager to make that change. If you can't adjust your feet and chase him over the top, and maybe we should stop leaving ourselves open over the top. But we'll come back to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like there are two nominations for Luca Dean and then Pau Torres, obviously, for the corner. I, I yeah, like the look at the one. He's dived in. You're saying it's it's not honest defend. You're absolutely right. And the 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 clearest indication that's not honest defend is he stops. Like he lies in the ground. He yeah. accepts his fate. Get back. The ball is still in play. I know it's thirty yards away from me, but you're one of our four defenders. <laughs> you have to get back into the box. Like you think what anything can happen here. You know, Kanza might get a poke in the ball, and if you're not there now, Sabasai is going to be running through and goal. Get back into the box whenever the opposition still has the ball and they're bearing down in your goal. Let's see what's going to happen here. We've got Emmy Martinez in nets as well. He might fucking save it, pal. Do we have Pau Torres as the winner just because it set off this whole chain of events? Yeah, I, I, I think the Pau Torres double drag back failure is is probably as bad. You know, it's because 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 he tries to double drag back and he doesn't even do one drag. It's it's fucking pathetic. And the fact the fact that he does that against Mo Salah at the age of his own box, <laughs> oh Christ Almighty! How can you get worse than that? I don't even know what happened after that now, but like I can't believe the ball didn't end up in the net. Sal- Salah was running through when he caught inside, and it was he, he did well, but I, I'm pretty sure Big Ezri just gets his toe in the ball and pokes it around the other side. You know, it, it's one of those dodgy tackles where if he doesn't get it just right, then it's definitely a penalty, but he does get it just right. The I say Westwood, oh, he was playing award. Jeez, it's going to be long. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Baz on Twitter got in touch at halftime to say, are there any players not nominated? <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the first nomination for the Oh, He Was Playing Award has to go to the offside trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was playing, was it? That was, it was the most pathetic offside trap I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was It was diabolical. It was almost like Emmy Martinez also forgot um, his role in that offside trap, and it's even more important whenever two of your four defenders can't run. I mean, Pau Torres doesn't look like he can turn, doesn't want to turn, 
doesn't have any pace and we've just talked about Luca Dean there like it's I don't think he can play that high a line and we didn't play as high a line as we normally would but I don't think he can play that high a line against or when you've got those players and you certainly can't fucking do it whenever Liverpool have absolutely sniffed it out sniffed it out every one of their senses is on red alert here like they've seen it they've heard it everybody's fucking seen and heard it and they, they had fucking whenever we had the ball they had Sobosly they had Nunez up front they had Jada as high as you want on the left and they had it was a four on four every time they were just hoping they were going to win the ball back which wasn't very fucking difficult for them in midfield either <laughs> so the counter attack was constantly on as well and it was four on four the, the offside trap was never going to work because they had <laughs> Trent Alexander could just stand there look up <laughs> see which one's still on side oh like I'll just look at Matt Cash that'll give me my fucking line across <laughs> the back four <laughs> Uh, another nomination for the Ashley Westwood Award, Bubakar Kamara, but and and this is the second game where I haven't been happy with him. And like obviously I've got such high standards for him. Lorian Kamara was it the Everton match that he absolutely ran the show. He was unbelievable in that match. But geez, this this wasn't a good performance from him. He played a really nice pass to Duran, but outside that, I don't really remember him. And the odd time he was on the ball, he just he was a bit lazy on the ball. It's just not what I expect from him. Yeah, he wasn't moving the ball quickly enough. He wasn't. He wasn't trying anything interesting enough either. But I think that was. I think that was more to do with the setup and how strangled we were, and how strangled we were by by the setup as well. Like, I, I thought it was a really bad decision to go four four two, both in possession and out of possession. We did. We didn't look like we had decided to do anything against against Liverpool's midfield. Liverpool had three midfielders in there and we just allowed them to have three midfielders in there and dominate dominate the play. They had Trent Alexander coming in as well. Like we let them box off the midfield and just kept two in there. So I feel a bit sorry for Boba and and Dougie today. It's like they had no options when they were on the ball. Hmm. We'll come back to that in the Glen Whedon Award. Uh, the only other nomination obviously you could pick anybody really, but I have Matt Cash going forward. I don't remember this boy getting forward once he got a header at the back post at one stage. Do you, do you remember Matt Cash on the ball in their do, hands? Do, do you remember Aston Villa going forward in this game? Like, we <laughs> ran through the three or four in inverted commas chances that we had. I mean, <laughs> we didn't have the ball, Conan. Every, like, like, I put down a plate and Liverpool had the ball back. It's like, it, was, it was absolutely pathetic. We couldn't get, we couldn't, we couldn't find any space, any type. Douglas Louise trying to play balls forward and it was just, Oh, like Musa, try to get on that if you can. If you and, and if you do, the odd time that you do, you're just going to be two Liverpool players around just to see if you can figure it out. It was pathetic. Like Matt Cash didn't have an opportunity to get forward because Aston Villa barely had the ball in the in the Liverpool half. I'd say if you if you looked at our territory, it'd be so depressing. Okay, the winner goes to the offside trap. Then let's do the you like Graham Whedon take a 90th minute penalty award. The four four two. Let's start with that because you could probably put two nominations into the one here. Why are we playing five defenders if we're looking to do that? I know we made a switch then at one stage, but obviously when Diego Carlos came off, but we also were so good or so well set up in midfield at the very least against Liverpool last year under Ian Emery. He completely choked their midfield. He, he rendered Trent Alexander Arnold null and void. It was. It, it, it made him redundant, and he was he was flying for him going into that match. That's the, the the first period where he was playing in midfield, really, and we just boxed him out. I really thought he was going to go with Tillemans in this match. I thought he would go four at the back to start off four defenders, 
and I thought he would go Telemans and McGinn and Dougie and Kamara and just strangle that middle of the pitch and you know, have have Diaby dropping in as well as almost a number 10 and have Ollie Watkins up top holding himself. But my God, it was nothing near that. It was just nothing in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, I actually think if you remember that game against Liverpool, Trent Alexander was on the ball a lot and we didn't do that much to nullify him. He did a lot to nullify himself that game because he, he kicked the ball away a lot of times mm. during that match. He actually did get a lot of possession. And that's fine. He was getting it a lot deeper and we had we had closed off a lot of our options. Today we certainly didn't fucking do that. And we also had Theron Mings able to chase balls over the top. Where's today, he? <laughs> Yeah, today we certainly didn't have that either. But genuinely, we could have been managed by Roy Keane today. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just, we picked we picked 11 players. Just go out there and do what you can. Matt Cash, a right wing. That's that's just silly. Like, come on. Like, what, what are we playing at there? Play him, play him at right back or just don't play him. You're right. Yuri Tielemans could have easily come into that game. We we had to do something about Liverpool playing four centre midfielders. I mean, that's that's our tactic. Like, why are we just letting Liverpool have it? It was bizarre. In and out of possession, we did nothing. Like, how were we getting after Liverpool's weaknesses today? And how were we protecting against our own? The answer to both of those is we weren't. We, we, we weren't. We did nothing to, to, to get after what was, should have been very easily identifiable weaknesses in the Liverpool team, seeing as... McAllister is their defensive midfielder, seeing as Joe Gomez and Joel Matip are the two centre halves. Yeah. I mean, come on. Trent Alexander stepping into right wing or stepping into centre midfield. You might, think, you might think there might be a gap there. I mean, every other team seems to have thought there's a gap there. Let's figure out how we're going to exploit that. Let's do something to try to exploit that. If we win the ball, how are we getting into that space? Like, why would they. Why? Why is John McGinn playing the left wing? If that if this is Liverpool's most common, most known weakness, and we're just have John McGinn standing there, rolling the ball sideways to look at him whenever that gap has exploded itself onto the pitch, bizarre. Our own weaknesses. If you're playing Luca Dean and Pau Torres in your back four, <laughs> and you're going to play them 40 to 50 yards from your own net, you have to get onto the guy in possession of the ball, especially if it's the best striker of the ball who currently is playing in the Premier League. You can't just yeah. let Trent Alexander scan the pitch. I mean, fuck me. Especially when he's got three absolutely rapid players on the ball and Slobosly, who is very, very quick as well, but also looks like he's absolutely brilliant at running off the shoulder. But Trent Alexander-Arnold standing in the halfway line looking to see when Mo Salah's free. What the <laughs> fuck were we playing at? Close him down. Ollie Watkins is one of the hardest working centre-forwards in the country. Why was he not detailed to do that? Why was John McGinn not detailed to come in? Sorry, we obviously couldn't leave fucking Luka Dean out there on his own against Mo Salah. But we did anyway because Mo Salah was just running in behind. Mad. So this is perfect. This brings me on nicely to... to... Well, it's, not, it's the second last nomination for the ULEC Ben Whelan taking a 90-minute penalty award because somebody who understands football more than me needs to explain to me how, like, if we're, if we're playing such a high line, how are we not pre able to press? Where's the rest of our players? We're, we're, <laughs> we're stop. For what reason? Because we're, we're definitely not choking the midfield either. It's not like we're all pushed up and boxing off their midfield. We're definitely not doing that. You're just talking about Trent standing there on the ball. 
We're not pushing into defense. And that got really infuriating when we were 2 0 down after 20 minutes. We're just not pushing up into their defenders. We're just, it was so easy for Liverpool to keep the ball. We had two men up top who couldn't compete with their five players, basically. How many times in the trench just take the ball on the run and just cut off Watkins or Diaby, whoever it was? Like, they might as well just, if you're going to be deep, they might as well just come back deep because they were no use up top. We, like, we didn't press well whatsoever we didn't do anything in the midfield i don't know where our players were and if we were going to be deep i would rather just be deep then if if we were if we were conceding liverpool having that ball in midfield liverpool having that ball in their defense and coming out every time they wanted to like not once did they fail to come out then i would like to like i would have accepted it if we were all just camp back if we were playing 6-2-2 like, let's not get caught with this ball over the top we realize that we're getting caught with it about nine times in the first half. Let's stop that now in the second half. But nothing. And then just no adjustment then. You know, no again, no game management. And I know like maybe maybe you don't want to concede five again, but fuck me. Like just just push up. Just take a risk. Yeah, I mean the whole point the whole point of how we play is you're supposed to condense the pitch into a 30, 30 meter war zone. And then so the ball is so easily won back because you've got four brilliant and fast and nippy midfielders in there who are working like dogs to try and win it back apparently but i actually think liverpool did quite well because apparently liverpool have seen aston villa play before <laughs> so they actually stretched the pitch backwards and they had their defenders sitting further back and then it was like we didn't know what to do we were we were lost in that liverpool made the pitch 50 meters but they moved it backwards and we were like oh what, what should we push our midfield up should we push our forwards further forward and we kind of did nothing and we half stepped up, the ball was on to midfield, or we didn't step up, and the ball was just on over the top anyway. It was bizarre. Like Trent Alexander was dropping into right back and playing those passes as well. You yeah. can do it whatever way you want it because we weren't able to, we weren't able to react to Liverpool reacting to how we play. And it's not even like Liverpool reacting; they just plan for it. And we should have a plan for the opposition planning for our very obvious way of playing because that's going to fucking happen at this level. We're playing against one of the best teams in Europe, like I said. They're going to have figured out how Aston Villa played. They might have watched some fucking tapes. I mean, everybody knows how good Aston Villa have been since Unai Emery took over. They're going to be interested in that. They're going to want to figure out what they can do to stop us, how they can stop us exploiting them, especially because... And the other thing is we probably could have predicted this as well. Liverpool had the two centre-halves going today. They might have been a bit more cautious. They might have wanted to sit a bit deeper while yeah. trying to impose their own game at home. So that might have been something we would have thought about. They're going to stretch the game backwards. So how are we going to counteract that? Did fucking nothing. But it's not even that we did nothing in advance. We did nothing when it was happening. Like we were all sitting there watching this happen and just allowing it to go on. Yeah. The Abbey kind of running around going, Am I going? Watkins coming deep going forward. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a, it was it was a bit worrying to be honest. That the last nomination might surprise you, but why did he take Bailey back off? I didn't <laughs> think it was that bad. I, I thought he was alright actually. I thought he was doing all right. He had a couple of nice runs. He, you know, he missed that big chance, and it was really annoying. But apart from that, I actually thought he was quite good. I, I didn't think he deserved to come on and come back off again. No, but he probably wasn't expecting to bring him on either at that stage. And then that was the he thought that was going to work. It didn't really work. So then he's like, let's go, let's try this again. It was just a tactical sub. I don't think it, it's not like he was taken off because he was playing bad. He was taken off because that's what Emery thought the game needed. He thought we needed to change our system. Let's do the Vyman meter to finish up. Going down, Pau Torres talked about him enough. I have Bubakar Kamara going down. I feel like you're sort of 
putting a bit of a defense in for him there. I also have Douglas Oizu for, for getting brought off <laughs> that early. I and mean, getting brought off that early when I thought Kamara was a bit worse on him. Maybe that's something to manage here. But I, I, I don't want my player of the year dominating a bit more, having a bit more ego than being allowed to bring himself off after 60-odd minutes. Yeah, Douglas Weiss has been brought off a lot this season. But, like, yeah, like, Bubakar Kamara and Douglas Weiss didn't play well today, but I have a bit of sympathy for them, like I said, because our team didn't function. And now, obviously, the centre midfield has a lot to do with that, but it was two against five, Conan. Yeah. Ollie Watkins is going down, and I have a serious decision to make with my fantasy team and the concern now is that everybody's going to whip them with their fantasy I'll, team I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what you do you go offline you think about that for a while and then come back to me maybe <laughs> I'm worried by the time I do take him out he'll, his price will have gone down and I'll have lost a, not 0.1 million but anyway I'll, it's, not, I'll it's not real money mate it's just, it's just, it's just a couple of numbers <laughs> I've got two going up because most people are going down let's be honest uh, Saniolo kid looks good <laughs> I like him he's big he's big as well he's fast and he's skillful on the ball he's got a nice touch apart from that one time where his touch took him 20 yards back into our defence but that was one time I'll, I'll let him away with it do you know what, what I was most impressed with Saniolo was today was the, how he, he was clearly pissed off at John Duran but he didn't really let him let him hear the full extent of that there's yeah. no way that Saniolo wasn't annoyed at John Duran for the two chances that we talked about, but also just generally John Duran running around like a fucking maniac and Zaniolo making mad sprints into the corner, coming back out, you know, dropping deep, taking up good positions and just not getting the ball. He seemed to just get on with it, which which must have been fucking tough as well because he sat and watched their team go 3-0 down and he came on to join him with that nonsense. <laughs> and the only other one going up was Ezra Konza. I thought he was absolutely brilliant today and that's really... Strange in such a hammering session. Thought he was great. I was like, maybe we don't need to make this contrast. And he had somebody not playing well beside him anyway. But if you had Harry Maguire talking about England squads, if you had him sitting there in that game today, my God, he'd be picked off if he picked apart. Konza was class. He's putting out fires all over the shop. And, and you know, it was just there were too many fires in the end to put out. He couldn't be everywhere for all those three goals. But I feel like anytime. The ball was anywhere near him, or he could get anywhere near the ball. He was there, and he was dealing with it really well and coming out of it so well too. Yeah, I mean, I said earlier on that Brooklyn pushed up to make it four on four. It was actually four on one. I mean, Ezra Kanz was the only person who looked like he was he was able to defend. There was one really worrying. How fucking fast is Darwin Nunes? Yeah, there was one ball fast. down the right wing, and Darwin Nunes completely outstripped Ezra Kanz. I've never seen that happen before. I mean, Kanz yeah. ended up winning the ball because he he timed his tackle really well. I think he actually slid in. Got on his heel and came back out with the ball. Brilliant defending. But to see Ezra Conza just be completely outpaced like that was horrifying. Yeah. He is the closing down merchant of the of the Premier League. It's, like, it's sad. I wanted to almost slag Liverpool fans, but then they end up scoring three goals anyway. But how exciting it is for them, Nunes closing balls down. But it actually is because he's such a big horse and he's so fast at it. And you can see defenders freaking out because he's eating up the yard so quickly. I, yeah. I know if I was in the stadium, I'd be getting carried away with it too. Yeah, we certainly saw fucking Pau Torres freak out about it. Didn't <laughs> Questions we can't answer, but probably will. Is Mike Dean going to redeem himself as a pundit? Go on. <laughs> You see, the thing is, Mike Dean is a cunt. <laughs> even though just last week, 
you know what? It's like a complete. It's a complete contradiction. But just last week, he was telling us that as he was a VAR official, he was looking after his mate. But he's such a cunt that he doesn't really care about what his mates think. Really, he'll say whatever. He'll say whatever at that moment in time to make him popular, surrounded by a studio audience. And I think we're going to have our first referee. Forget about Dermot Gallagher. Forget about Peter Walton. We're going to have our first referee with enough ego to actually. I was going to say, say it like it is, but just to say it the most controversially as it is. You know? And this is going to be TV gold, I think. Mike Dean is going to be TV gold, and I'm, I'm here for it. Let's, let's get real here. If we're, if we're about to start praising Mike Dean for his TV personality, you might as well praise me for the strength of my use of language. I mean, Jesus Christ, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> like, Mike Dean celebrated Spurs scoring against Aston Villa. I mean, like, not, not only that, he thought he could get himself out of that hole by saying he was celebrating himself. That's the sort of fucking plonker he is. I mean, like, <laughs> you would know a lot more about the necessity for misplaced ego for your pals in the media, but fuck me, this is going a bit far, isn't it? <laughs> I should should make it clear to people I'm talking about his... Well, he was, he was on all day today as well, so like, he was annoying people all day today. But... <laughs> <laughs> After the Man City goal as well, he just he just said like that that should be ruled out. They should be telling the VAR to go back, or they should be telling the referee to go have a look. And then he started saying, "I mean, the VAR's got an assistant far beside him. He should be saying that to him as well." And I was like, "The absolute neck on this fella after everything he's just told us as well about how he dealt with it when he was a VAR. It's great. Like we're gonna have somebody calling him out. I know Howard Webb tried that, but we know we know like his words just built on sand as well." Because this, this cunt was coming out saying like, oh, we couldn't, uh, I couldn't do that to a pal of mine. No, he's doing it. These fucking pals, no bother at all. The beauty he's of it. A, <laughs> he, he he's got a fucking friend there as well. Why didn't you help him? Why didn't you help out your friend whenever fucking Kukurea had his head pulled off? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be keeping an eye on Mike Dean and don't worry, I will keep you updated on it. I'll keep you updated on Mike Dean. Keep you updated on the Fozcast. I'll keep you updated on my fantasy football team. And that's all ahead of us for the rest of the season. Hopefully Aston Villa can keep a bit more consistency going forward as well. We're going to take a two-week break now. Like I say, I'm off. I'll have to get married. Um, maybe wish as well. Yeah. Should, should, should go well. It should do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, fingers crossed. Everybody turns up and stuff. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to Evan Ferguson playing against France. And getting capped for Ireland once more. It's all we need is one more, one more cap. God, Evan Ferguson is from Betty's town. He's Irish. <laughs> what are you worried about here? I saw, I saw Declan Rice being serenaded by the Emirates today, or the Emirates daddy had, and uh, have to say, sorry, it was the Emirates. Jesus, fuck to me guns there. And do you know, I was actually enjoying it for a second. I was like, ah, that's nice. And they were all like vanilla ice came on, ice, ice baby. And all the fans were chanting rice, rice baby. Amazing. That, that, that must that's have been pretty great. Cool. Yeah. And I forgot for a second that he used to play for Ireland. Three games as well. Three games as well. So let's let's yeah. not get too carried away here. I know Evan Ferguson is already reported for, for duty for Ireland. I know he's from Town. I know he's a good lad. I know he wants to yeah. play for Ireland. But that's just and, getting capped, will he? And you know Declan Rice is from... Fucking London. So <laughs> it's a slight difference here. Anyway, thanks a million for listening. Leave a review, all the rest. Uh, share it on if you can, please. I really would appreciate it, especially in a two-week gap. We don't want to lose people after two weeks. Maybe subscribe as well, so you definitely know when we're coming back. 
when we do come back in two weeks time but apart from that have a good one let's all take a break i think we deserve it Jeez, we deserve it already after four games <laughs> <laughs> see you later thanks again planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.